the Carolinas, an independent voice for liberty, an oasis of sanity and civility, a breath of fresh air. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. I want to say something very important at the top of this broadcast. One of the things I've communicated several months ago, I told you we were in tumultuous times. And I meant that in the sense of the challenges before us. We've got a war in Ukraine. We've got the ongoing political battles that are taking place. And yet at the same time, I also believe we are in a season of opportunity. Opportunity. And it's really important to understand that. Okay, I hope those of you recognize that I've communicated to you the idea that I tend to be in the political realm, kind of on the glass, half-empty side of things. And I say this because I recognize human beings. I recognize reality of what we're going to get most of the time. And the truth of the matter is, I think most of you would agree, what we end up with is less (laughs) than desirable. Before I go into any more of this, I do want to let you know, at this very moment... You want to talk about spectacles. At this very moment, there is a ceremony going on at Capitol Hill, and this is purely political. Absolutely political. Should I even torment the listeners with this? uh, uh, What do you think, Chris, Bernie? What is taking place on Capitol Hill? Uh, Maybe it's worth listening in on so that I can... So we can understand how important it is that we get our act together and we do it the right way. Can we listen in on what's taking place here? Because I, uh, I'm telling you, folks, these these leftists are not going to let this go Uh, right now. Let's listen in to Nancy Pelosi. This is taking place live on Capitol Hill. I said at that time. Your acceptance of that gold medal in honor of your family members' courage brought luster to the medal. We always pray for God to bless America, and he certainly did with the heroism of these heroes. As we mark this solemn day, let us draw strength and inspiration from the timeless words of President Lincoln. In his message to conference, he offered in the heat of the Civil War, he said, we cannot escape history. And he called upon Congress to honor our sacred duty to nobly save or meanly lose the last best hope on earth, which he believed was American democracy. That is our task today, too. So help us, God. And then... In in short order, here uh, from the families of our heroes, and we thank them for their sacrifice, for their patriotism. We will always carry the member, the memory of their family members in our hearts, and our tribute is also to those. That's that's enough. I think this is about all I can take. I just wanted you to hear 
for yourself. And let's let's not, you know, family members, tragedy aside, let us not forget what is taking place at the nation's capital right now. Just to give you some context. You know the date, and it's quite unfortunate. It's also my son's birthday. This is some sort of political event to mark January 6th, the so-called insurrection that the Democrat Party continues to beat the drum on. Because I'm telling you again, they don't care about the people involved. This is all about political theater. This is all about Donald Trump. This is all about vilifying Republicans. And this is not going to stop. They want to keep January 6th alive in the forefront of Americans. This is pretty much all they've got, folks. This is it. Scare, scare, scare. Because every time they remind you of January 6th, the idea is to remind you how extremist this Republican Party is. Just don't forget, that's what this is about. Nothing else. So back to where I was. We've had 11 votes for Speaker of the House. 11 votes. And 11 times, the truth of the matter is, Kevin McCarthy has been rejected. One of the things I want to help you with this morning, I, I, I want to be very clear about this. No matter how this speaker race turns out, it may be that Kevin McCarthy pulls this together. But I want something very important understood. I remind you again, the brave 20 people who have resisted the mob. They're going to get something. They're going to extract some concessions that will benefit us all. I want you to understand that. You must understand that. One of the things I want you to understand is context. History. Yes, there have been longer votes. Longer votes. And I think one of the things that in the past that was helpful was this process was not observed in real time as it is now. And I think that was a good thing back then because they were able to take their time and do what needed to be done no matter how many votes needed to be taken. What we've got now, and I think many of us know this, we have a microwave society. We want to push a button and we want instant results. It's not important that something is done quickly. It's important that something is done right. The hours, the days, who knows, maybe even weeks, although I don't think it will be weeks, that are put into this are going to be worth it. As I said yesterday, we're not going to remember this six months or a year down the road. This is going to be a blip on the screen. But I do hope and pray that the concessions that are received on the part of the American people
are beneficial to us all. My appeal to you is for patience. Patience. Let's make sure we get this thing right. And again, indeed, if it is McCarthy, because I do have the sense that he may have wrapped this up, he may have, or very soon, get the deal that pushes him to the 218 votes that he needs. I'm glad this is happening perhaps today as opposed to days ago. Because you will be closer to getting what you need. Coming up, I'm going to share a powerful speech. I believe is a powerful speech communicated on the House floor yesterday. I was quite impressed. I didn't know this guy had it in him. That and much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. I want to very quickly get to this because we have a major development we need to tell you about. A major praise item. Buffalo Bill safety DeMar Hamlin is now breathing on his own and able to talk after having his breathing tube removed. That is a new development. Praise God. The latest step in a remarkable recovery. Four days since he went into cardiac arrest had to be resuscitated on the field. Again, Damar Hamlin, now breathing on his own, able to talk after having his breathing tube removed. And I'm sure you are rejoicing in this news, as I am. I very quickly want to get to some audio we want to share with you. This follows a tweet, one of the names that's been circulated as a possible nominee A person who could serve as Speaker of the House is Byron Donalds. He's from Florida. He is black. And his name has been entered into nomination for Speaker of the House. Corey Bush, who is a member of the squad, called Byron Donalds a prop. We're going to tell you more about that coming up. But I very quickly want to just get to the nomination speech. It came from none other than Dan Bishop from right here in the Charlotte area. I want you to listen to this impassioned speech delivered on the House floor yesterday. Does the gentleman from North Carolina rise? Madam Clerk, I rise to place in nomination the name of Byron Donalds of Florida. The gentleman is recognized. I want to begin by saying how much I have anticipated the gentleman from Michigan's arrival in this House, not in the Senate, not in the old staid, unchanging Senate, but in the House where we make change. Yesterday, we could have elected the first black Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. clearly, hear me clearly, had the cascade of votes begun, it would have extended to every member of this body. It could begin today. Last night, I sat within feet 
of Mr. Donald's as the tweet of another member-elect appeared on the screen. That member-elect wrote and sent out to America that Byron Donald's is a prop. I've spent a good bit of time with Mr. Donald's, especially lately. He ain't no prop. And if he were a prop, he wouldn't be sitting where he's sitting. This is the tired, old, grotesquely racist rhetoric that we've seen far too long. Today, today a member-elect quote-tweeted a Fox News story that incorrectly reported that I said that if I don't prevail on the question before the House, I will resign. That member, that member-elect quote-tweeted that incorrect story for his own political purposes after the story had been corrected and the actual statement contradicting that report had been provided. This is the old trafficking in lies from Washington that the American people know far too well. By the way, I'm not leaving. Kevin McCarthy released to the public on New Year's Eve a document entitled Restoring the People's House and Ending Business as Usual. To his great credit, Mr. McCarthy made a statement of huge significance to the country. The nominal leader of a major party acknowledged publicly that this institution is broken, and he committed to make change to fix it. So let me help my colleagues in the minority understand, we are doing the people's business. That's what these three days have been about. Three days. We are committed to make change to this institution that has lost its way. It is epitomized in the $1.7 trillion omnibus rammed through this institution just two weeks ago. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I came to fix this broken system. America has seen that problem for a very long time, too. The commitment to change it is new. The genesis of the prospect of changing it emerges from this moment and those since June that led at long last to the New Year's Eve statement of Mr. McCarthy and to these three days on the floor. America needs men and women of courage.
to do something new in Congress so that Congress can serve the American people. The Lord said, behold, I do a new thing. We need more Byron Donaldses. I know, I know Byron. He's not a prop. He's a man of personal conviction. He arrived at his convictions through authentic and genuine life experience. People ask me, what is the end game? How does this end? The answer to this question is that this is a dynamic process. All of the decisions on this floor result from the coming together of minds, one way or another. This is the people's business. We will resolve the people's business. And when we do, we will go to the mat for the American people. Because we will be led by people of conviction, like the gentleman from Florida, Byron Donalds. I yield back. Dan Bishop on the floor of the U.S. House yesterday. Stay with us. Much more on this as we continue our Friday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday. Coming up a little bit later on, we also have Faith Focus Friday. I got to tell you, folks. This has been quite a circus to watch this week. But there are bright spots that emerge from this. New people stepping up. This texter saying, Vince, it's my hope any of the concessions that were made means we can better hold our government's feet to the fire. I don't hold my breath on that one. But I will give Dan Bishop a lot of props for his speech yesterday. We need more leaders like him to stand up and stand out. Jeff, I I had a feeling that what he said would resonate with you. I'm convinced of this. Vince, good morning. With the continuous McCarthy votes, is it like the new Washington playbook? When you can't contest the election results, step two, repeat the election until you get what you want. Only in America. Or should I say, Washington? You're right about that, Dean. Vince, the glass is not half empty, neither half full. The glass is twice as large (laughs) as it needs to be. (laughs) Uh, Get a load of this. Vince, old white GOPers will never vote in mass for a black man who grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Claims to be a big Trump supporter. That automatically disqualifies him for a position of leadership. All right. 
Another person responding to Dan Bishop, this is what we've been begging for, someone to stand up, someone to put it all on the line for the American people. Chris out of Shelby, wow, that was powerful. Another person from the upstate, wow, powerful, love it. I do want to respond to this texture from the upstate. I don't care about the first black, Asian, trans. Let's get the best qualified. The rest is just asking for trouble. Let me put a condition on that. I'm telling you, you need to ask the question. If your whole leadership team is lily white in 2023, and you're not asking questions about why, something is wrong. That's all I'm saying. And if you're telling me that these people are the most qualified, I'm going to tell you you're full of crap. I'm also going to tell you, if your goal, again, is to reach people different than yourselves, you need to diversify. And it doesn't mean you lower standards. I'm telling you, there are plenty of qualified people, plenty of qualified blacks, minorities, that ought to be center stage right now in the Republican Party, and they're not. They're not. I'm just reminding you, this is not about you and what you think and what you feel. Because you've got to think about, I want the message of liberty to reach as many people as possible, people different than myself. And some of you, are not necessarily racist, but you're very small-minded on this subject. And you got to get over it. Otherwise, you're going to find yourselves huddling in a corner somewhere. Oh, I wish we could have gotten more people in the way. I wish we could have got a majority. We could have saved that country. This country's not getting whiter, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just telling you. And some of you got to get your heads out of your asses. And I'm serious about that. Because that's where some of your heads are. I don't mind saying that. Because part of the status quo, yes, appearances do matter. They do matter. It's not the only thing, but it's part of the picture. It's vital that that is understood. Dan Bishop, was that not a powerful speech? I sent a tweet on this in real time yesterday because this happened right after this broadcast. I, I, I was thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And whether or not you agree with the nomination of Byron Donalds, the content of what he communicated about the change that we're looking for, Dan Bishop hit it right on the head. That's why he's there. I don't think Dan Bishop went to pad things for himself for the future. He's there because he wants to see change. Before I come back to the subject of Byron Donalds, because there's some business to do there, we have a couple of pieces of audio to share with you there. Here is a sampling of some things that have been posted online that I think are really important. This from Rob Eno, Conservative Review. This process will reveal someone. This is how it's supposed to work. When you don't have the votes, you step down. Kevin is incapable of doing that. 
Those who have known him for a long time will tell you that. Kevin's lifelong goal was to be Speaker of the House. He's done anything and everything to get there. He's vindictive and someone that should never be entrusted with that power. 20 people are trying to save the Republic from Kevin. They have everything to lose with him becoming Speaker. This is why he won't be. This is all Kevin's ego. And I trust Rob Eno before I trust all these people who are joining the mob trying to get everybody else to capitulate. Matt Gates, And again, I've said this before. This does not mean I embrace or endorse everything about these people. I'm not a fan of Matt Gates. I think the man has some issues. But what he said, this quote, is right on the money. You cannot put the biggest alligator in charge to drain the swamp. I am a Florida man, and I know of what I speak. Oh, my goodness. Can I repeat that again? You cannot put the biggest alligator in charge to drain the swamp. <laughs> That's powerful. I want to go back to Byron Donalds, because I think you need to hear from him. This is a guy, by the way, who's gone on record saying... He's not trying to become speaker. But he does want to see real change brought about for the American people. The first thing that we will offer, well, we don't have time. But he talks about two things. He talks about leadership and he responds to Cory Bush. Because I'm going to read more of what Cory Bush had to say. Because it is vile. This woman is a vile woman. A vile, racist woman who wants to keep blacks on the plantation of the Democrat Party. That's what you need to understand about Cori Bush. I'll communicate the words that she shared coming up after the break, and you're going to hear from Byron Donalds, who's a very reasonable man, and I think has a very reasonable and measured response to Cori Bush. That and much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. Stay with us. And we are back on the Vince Coakley Radio program on this Friday. I want to go to the text line before we go into more of this Byron Donald story. I don't think about what you just said all the time, but you're absolutely right. We want good, godly, smart people in our government, no matter what race. Absolutely. This texter wisely says, in politics, appearances do matter. Aren't all the big wigs in the Democrat Party Lily White? You'd think the party of anti-racism wouldn't be. Well, actually, they're about to have a minority leader who is black. This person says, you continue to shoot your own foot. How am I doing that? Did you just say Lily White? Are you insane? This is just reverse racism. You can't say stuff like that and expect people to not be offended by it. Really? If you find offense at that, this texter says, I'm white. I don't mind you saying that at all. Facts. We also have this. I'm so tired of you attacking white people. How can you say that isn't racism? Their skin isn't the problem. Another person saying, Lily White, are you burnt black? 
This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, come on, really, folks. Really. I'm just making the point here that I've made plenty of times before. We've got to recognize reality. The reality, the browning of America. And if the leadership of a party that claims to represent Americans continues to be lily white, you really got to ask some questions. If you're not asking them, then I hope your whole party burns down. I'm just being honest with you. I very quickly want to get to Byron Donalds. Let's talk about <laughs> what Cori Bush had to say. So she, uh, this woman, is a nut. She's a total nut. I think we all know that. She basically attacked Byron Donalds as a white supremacy prop. <laughs> She's really unhinged. Unhinged. But I first want to get to what Byron Donalds had to say about the process of electing a speaker. Here's what he had to say about leadership. Listen up. Overall, the biggest thing is making sure that, you know, the people's body actually functions the way it's supposed to. Uh, look, I've been here two years, but I've been observing politics for about 10. And one thing that's clear is that the speaker's office has just con has consolidated more power from the membership. And so if this place is going to work appropriately to take care of all the concerns that your viewers talk about in terms of having a stable economy, sound energy market, secure border, uh, a, a currency, we're purchasing power uh, isn't isn't eroding the ability of people to put food on the table then then Washington has to work and so what you're seeing right now is a, is an open process where the leadership of the House of Representatives is being discussed debated negotiated and, and I think that's a positive thing so that's what we're trying to do up here doesn't that sound very reasonable I mean I mean does this a right-wing extremist do you hear extremism here Far right. I mean, it, <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I, as a journalist, I've told you I am absolutely disgusted by the mainstream news media, what they have done on this subject, the way of the, they have portrayed people like Dan Bishop, Ralph Norman. Far right. They don't even know what that is. In fact, at some point, I need to go. I should go do a media tour and talk to some of the people in charge of these newspapers, networks, and ask the question, what do you mean? And these so-called journalists, what do you mean by far right? Do you even know what that means? But before we get there, I love how measured the response is from Byron Donalds on the complete moron that Cori Bush is. I mean, I would have been less gracious but listen to what he has to say about her tweet basically referring to him as a person propping up white supremacy listen up your democrat colleague sure. cory bush attacked you online in a tweet she calls you a prop for upholding white supremacy i'd like you to take this opportunity to respond to that sir well, I mean, first of all, I thought it was just blatantly outrageous um first you know it <laughs> 
man, it, it, that, that sucked, man, to be honest with you, man. I'm sorry. I, I feel, you know, bad that she really put that out there because, you know, if you see a black man rising, I mean, let the man rise, even if you don't agree with them. Specifically to my policies, I would argue that she should sit down and debate me one-on-one. And let's do that, Stu. We could do it on your program. We could do it yeah. on CNN. We could do it on MSNBC. I'm open to all of that. Uh, but to, to throw a statement out there, I thought was just uh, the complete wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, as a black man to a black woman, I would have never done that to her. It's, just, it's a shame that she did it to me. That's really right on the money. Let's debate. Let's debate ideas. You see where he wants to take this thing? I would love to watch that because he would have this woman for lunch because she is a nut. She's a loon. And this debate's never going to happen because all she can do is throw out the ugliness that she's known for. Coming up next hour, we have Faith Focus Friday and some of the other news that we need to cover and your thoughts as well. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice of reason, an oasis of civility and humanity. I'm on a journey, the pursuit of truth, not just facts to fill the head, but also life-changing power to change hearts and transform minds. A journey of relationship, to connect to people of goodwill everywhere, to build upon civil society, to transcend tribal divisions with timeless values and love. A growing coalition of choice, not coercion. Are you with me? This is the Vince Copley Radio program. Hour number two of our broadcast. If you'd like to join the conversation, by the way, please do. The Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-9-1110, 800-9-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And that's certainly been put to good use on this broadcast today. Let us go out first to a call in the upstate of South Carolina to Peter, good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, Peter. What are you wanting to talk about here? Uh, hello. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I mean, I just, I mean, you, you know, the Faith Focus Friday, a few ideas that often you bring up. So uh, I'm, I'm, I ran through, you know, some ideas I have, like often they use, but it's not most, you, you see this in political realm, political agenda, I guess, when they say a term Judeo-Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from biblical point of view, there isn't such thing as Judeo and Christian. There is Judaism and there's a Christianity. But you know, they that, keep saying that's that, a fair question. But let me respond to that before you go into the next item, Peter. I think what people are saying when they use that 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 term, they're talking about shared ideas and values and moral principles that are consistent with both Judaism and Christianity. I think Correct. that's that's what people are meaning when they say that. Right. Uh, you may not like it. It may not be something that is, uh, there may be some grammatical issues there or something, but um, I think most people get the idea. Um, go on to your next item, Peter. Uh, right, correct. I mean, this is, I mean, this universal values because God created everybody. So it's not just, you, know, right. you would have to add more religion, you know, Judeo, Christian, whatever. There's a bunch of people that share the same. But when it comes, you know, it's technically it's separated. Now, the other thing is a nationhood. 
So apparently, if you read from the Bible, the story Tower of Babel, there, so God essentially created different nations. Right. And uh, also, uh, so essentially, that was in order to prevent people from becoming too proud or too, you know, acting as if they are the God on earth. Uh, and the Bible teaches we're supposed to preach the uh, gospel and good news to the nations. Right. So, and then the other argument, they say, um, America is a Christian nation. Well, that's also a political term, because there isn't such thing as a Christian I nation. agree with you. I'm with you on that one, Peter. <laughs> because if that is it, it so let's, let's combine this idea. If they argue America is a Christian nation, then we're supposed to follow then this uh, Judaism, I mean, the... Um, uh, theocracy. And if Bible talks about the, the nationhood and when God like separated people so they wouldn't like band together, I mean, essentially yes. that's what they did in the past. The yes. Roman Empire, some other or, or Soviet Union or whatever systems are created, they seems to, at uh, the end, they fail right when they were the most godless. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> You, so that would then mean this political or the war that goes on in Ukraine and all that. that we're supposed to stand against because one nation tries to consume other nation. Essentially, it goes against the principle of the Bible. Yes. But uh, the idea is that, uh, I mean, that is basically what came to... Because there are some other people are like, even on conservative right America, they call, oh, we need to gain America back to Christianity or something like that. They even call for revolution in terms like that. I mean, that's that's not biblical because it's calling for the war. It's rather silly, isn't it, Peter? I, I do appreciate your call, and you've brought up some really interesting things to discuss and think about, especially this thing about being a Christian nation. There is no such thing, nor has there ever been, ever, 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 ever. And his point is an accurate one. I, I love this is a fresh reminder, too, because with the New World Order, what you're watching, and this is so relevant, it, it's, it's amazing to me the, the calls sometimes and the texts that people offer, they bring up things that really are relevant. What you're watching with the formation, the effort to bring about a one world government, that's the Tower of Babel all over again. You know that, don't you? And you need to understand that the center focus of attention is on the consolidation of power and the ultimate enemy is really our creator. This is open rebellion against God. Because that kind of government will be godless. Notice this. Notice what's happening even in Western Europe. It's a noticeably anti-Christian direction that things are taken that's not a surprise more of human nature unleashed less of god which is a good lead into faith focus friday and a really excellent post from my good friend dr steve crosby you hear a lot of people talk about relationship, and I'm one of those people, and I, a, I'm a big believer in relationship. One of the things we have to understand is that everything within Christianity has to be filtered through the prism of the cross. Without that, 
and it's just human flesh, human desires, it is going to become corrupted. That's just the reality. We need to understand that. And that is where we go with this post. Listen carefully. Unless grounded in the cross, this word relationship, this term is just religious code for perpetuation of narcissism. Everybody talks relationship, 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 as if the church was a cruise ship to Cabo. There will never be a relational community without individual and corporate disciplines, hence the church. In an individual culture like ours, individualistic culture like ours, individual and private mystical experiences are of minor benefit, but group experiences are always beneficial. When we indulge in our own experiences, cultivating them over and over again, or worse, demand that the worship team or leadership provide them for me every week, it is fundamentally egocentric. Jesus is not involved in the entire endeavor. It's just a mutually reinforcing, codependent, artificial, spiritual culture. You can't have community. You can't have relationality when the above is governing the value system, individually or corporately. Relationship requires we learn, grow up into spiritual adulthood to temper our own wishes, likes, preferences, and desires by constant consideration of the same needs in our fellow members. It's called preferring one another in love. I'm fatigued by the trendy bandwagon of endless rhetoric about looking for relationship when it's just code for I want, I want, I want, I want, I want and how I want it with people I like who agree with me. It is juvenile, rubbish, with the spiritual, nutritional value of a bag of Cheetos. Though Steve adds, Cheetos were invented by angels. We all know that. It's got to go through the cross, folks. It's not about our personal preferences. That is key. Love to get your thoughts as we continue our Friday broadcast. And we are back on the Vince Coakley radio program. <laughs> I was texting something and <laughs> noticed on the text line one of the comments in response what I had to say about relationship. This texture says, unfortunately, brothers also kill each other. <laughs> God forbid. As the Republicans are in total disarray, this texture says arguing among themselves and getting nothing done for the people of the United States, President Joe Biden is going to the border. How smart is that? I remind you of four very important numbers. Two, zero, two, four. <laughs> that is what that is all about, ladies and gentlemen. This is all about looking ahead to 2024. The election. By the way, I want to put one last item out there, perhaps, about this entire speaker battle. They're supposed to reconvene at noon, by the way, in case, in case you were curious to know. Another person who has really allowed the power to get to him is Newt Gingrich. 
this guy was once a revolutionary. I have the utmost respect for Newt Gingrich for what he did in the past. The contract with America. I appreciated what he did. Now, the truth of the matter is, Newt Gingrich is a political hack. And I'd say a nasty one, too. Here's the headline in Breitbart. 20 deranged disruptors oppose Kevin McCarthy as speaker. I would dare say this was Newt Gingrich back in the 1980s. He was somebody who was a radical. And in his time, what he did was very important. Now he is totally off the reservation. He's saying this only serves Democrat objectives. Causing pain to their own party seems to be an enjoyable hobby for these disruptors. Referred to it as Republican demoralization. Said it's akin to watching someone burn down their own home so they can enjoy the fire. Moreover, thinking about the monumental challenges facing the Republican Party, the conservative movement has become a sad, frustrating, unsettling business. Mostly because the infighting that prevents the party from moving forward. Meanwhile, the Democrats are happily watching Republicans melt down in front of the entire country like a group of tired toddlers. Which adds to the frustration. Things in the Senate, not much better, he says, as Senate Republicans seem to be increasingly split between what he called a traditional Republican Party and a Biden Republican minority. <laughs> this destructive latter group, exemplified by the photo op between Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and President Joe Biden to celebrate the construction of a $1.63 billion bridge across the Ohio River. Part of the Democrats' massive spending on infrastructure. Gingrich saying nothing irritates and angers conservatives and traditional Republicans more than watching their elected officials join a bipartisan media event to celebrate taking tens of billions of dollars from taxpayers to spend on politically directed infrastructure. I mean, he's right about that. I'm disgusted to watch Mitch McConnell participate in that theater. Do they need a new bridge there? Absolutely. But that's what this omnibus bill was about. It was about it was a Christmas tree. Just come in and put whatever ornaments you want on this bill. We'll fund it. <laughs> I mean it's um, but to the idea though of demonizing these folks who are simply trying to change the way Washington does business, it's unacceptable and disgusting. And if Newt Gingrich isn't part of changing what is there, I would suggest he would best just shut up. You know, it's kind of like the person who advances and then holds on to the rope. You take the rope across the river into greener pastures and you hold on to it. One of the jokes I've always told not really joke, but comments I've heard very often, and I've shared it with people who move on to bigger and better. You tell people, throw the rope back. 
And the idea is to be able to advance other people behind you. That's not the mindset of Newt Gingrich at all. So I think it's worth pointing out. Supreme Court has struck down the state's six-week abortion ban. This is in South Carolina, claiming the law violates the state's constitution. This law has been blocked since 2021. It took effect shortly after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Following the decision, abortion remains legal in South Carolina up until 22 weeks of pregnancy making it one of the only southern states where the procedure is legit up until that point. What in the world is going on in South Carolina? This is the first state Supreme Court to decide whether abortion is a constitutional right since Roe fell. Three to two decision. And they have found what they believe to be a right to privacy to justify this. I thought you ought to know. In the scandal department, unfortunately, there's never an end to scandal, is there? Prominent conservative activist Matt Schlapp, accused of sexually fondling a staffer for Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker, as he was driving Schlapp back to his hotel in Atlanta October 19th. This is a staffer who gave this account to the Daily Beast. Schlapp is head of the American Conservative Union, lead organizer of the Conservative Political Action Committee, or CPAC. He was in Georgia for a Walker campaign event. The alleged assault took place after Schlapp, after Schlapp bought the staff for drinks at two bars. It was a public space, the staffer says, and I was thinking he got the hint, but it escalated. He said that as he drove Schlapp back to the hotel, Schlapp reached over and fondled his crotch for an extended period as he froze in shock, calling the episode scarring and humiliating. He said he then declined Schlapp's invitation to come up to his room. In videos he recorded right after the incident, which he shared with the Daily Beast, as well as his wife and another person close to him, the staffer said Schlapp put his hands on me in a sustained and unsolicited and unwanted manner and, quote, grabbed my junk and pummeled it at length, adding the incident left him feeling so blanking dirty. He said he informed the Walker campaign the next morning and felt nothing but support from campaign officials. This staffer is in his late 30s, told the Daily Beast he would come forward with his name if Schlapp denied his allegations. Schlapp attorney Charlie Spies told the Daily Beast in a statement the attack is false. Mr. Schlapp denies any improper behavior. We're evaluating legal options for a response. By the way, Mr. Schlapp has been married to Mercedes Schlapp, a conservative commentator and former White House official since 2002. I'm sure not the end of this story. Stay with us. We're back on the Vince Coakley radio program. <laughs> I am quite entertained here. 
by looking at a headline here on my screen. Fox News host calls GOP mutineers against McCarthy insurrectionists and then hurriedly walks back the barb. <laughs> people, people are wondering, what in the heck has gone on with the Fox News channel? Well, it's a place where... Um, here's what you have to understand. You've got to understand that this thing we refer to as progressivism, it's like cancer, and it infects everything everywhere. And I think one of the worst things we can do is assume that progressivism only exists in the Democrat Party. It is deeply entrenched in the Republican Party. This is one of the reasons why the Republican Party is on its last leg. That's why it's dying. Because they don't even understand that the cancer that many people think they're fighting on the other side is actually inside the party. That's what you're watching. When you have a man like Kevin McCarthy with an F Liberty score and you have 200 people lining up to vote for him, don't you think you're pretty much watching people preside over the death of the Republican Party? I'm just saying. It needs to be understood. The threat is always from the inside. Always. This texture says, I'm totally disappointed in Newt. What's going on in the people's house has been sorely needed for decades. It's been time to turn up the heat, to burn off the dross. Our gold has been contaminated for decades. Boy, do you write for a living? If not, you should. That is right on the money. Right on the money. <laughs> this texture. In reference to the story, the accusation against Matt Schlapp. This texture says, I hate when people use the word junk in reference to their junk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And this person just does not get it. I'll pray for you. The only thing we want your opinion about is how you justify saying you're not racist. <laughs> my goodness. This is really sad. Quite sad. Speaking of sad, do you remember the omnibus bill? One of the things that was pushed for the omnibus bill, and this was actually, this goes back to the National Defense Authorization, getting rid of the requirement for vaccines. Remember that? Well, get a load of this story by the Daily Caller. The Coast Guard Academy has not reinstated seven Coast Guard cadets discharged for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine after the Academy denied religious exemption requests. The cadets hoped a new law nixing the military's COVID-19 vaccine mandate would allow them to rejoin. Retired Coast Guard Vice Admiral William Dean Lee telling the Daily Caller they are the only cadets that are getting 
screwed. Seven Coast Guard cadets booted in September after commanders denied their vaccine exemption appeals were not reinstated after a last-ditch effort to allow them to start the new semester. It started Wednesday, by the way. The cadets hoped that the law overturning the DOD's vaccine mandates would persuade the economy to to permit the cadets already behind by one semester to rejoin. You have to understand, folks. The story says, although operating under DHS authority, the Coast Guard went along with the mandate after Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announced it August 2021 as the FDA officially approved the first COVID-19 vaccines for use. Congress defense bill for 2023 signed into law December 23rd overturned the service-wide vaccine mandate. Despite being a semester behind the other cadets, the seven could still achieve their commissions if the Coast Guard allowed them to rejoin. This is so annoying. And we've heard similar stories like this. That there are people who are part of the old guard. Again, this goes back to control, folks. You have to understand this. There have been people who push for these vaccines and they wanted the power to get rid of to get rid of people in all the armed forces who are not accepting the vaccine and now that this has been very soundly overturned by the latest authorization from Congress there are folks who are not going along this is what's called lawlessness this is what's called setting up fiefdoms and it's quite unfortunate this is happening to our best and our brightest and mainly happening because there are folks who believe they're above the law that's really what this comes down to so I'd encourage you pray for our brave members of our armed forces all of them all of the recruits, all of those who are in process of training, and especially those who have dared to stand up against the tyranny of folks who are determined to make them take this series of shots against their will. Let's pray that the law prevails here, because the law is very clear, at least it should be by now. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.